Afterlife with Brent and Jeff. Well, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, as always, this stuff in lieu of actual entertainment. Good evening. It's the Alter Life with Brent and Jeff. And I would be Brent. And I'm Jeff. And this is the Alter Life. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. We've got a lot of great music in store tonight. And of course, another great topic. And uh, hanging in the Gospels. We finished up the Parable series last week. And we're excited about jumping into a, an episode that is uh, not part of the series. Yeah, we've done series for the last, like, uh 40 episodes, give or take 35 episodes, maybe. It's, it's pretty uh, pretty amazing to think that we've had um, all those things running together, and uh, it's a little a little anxiety-stirring, you know, to be like, okay, like, it doesn't automatically lead to another episode. The series are kind of easy in that regard, um, but tonight, you know, we're, we're sticking with the spiritual truths that Jesus um, has given us in the Gospels, and tonight's episode is Counting the Cost the cost of discipleship so really really cool topic tonight hope you hopefully you enjoy it jumping right into the topic tonight um we're in luke 14 if you want to follow along at home <laughs> or if you're not at home um luke 14 verse 25 now great multitudes went with him jesus and he turned and said to them and i love these kinds of moments it's almost like you're picturing everyone's just walking down the street and then he just turns around so, <laughs> i got something to tell you guys. If anyone comes to me and does not hate his mother, her father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, his own life, also he cannot be my disciple. So, the message tonight is to hate everyone. <laughs> hate, man, that's a strong word, isn't it? It's, it's almost like... What? I thought you said to love your enemies. Yeah, love your enemies and hate your mom. Yeah. <laughs> your mom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But, you know, when you look at that verse, when you look at that word, and I kind of did some studying a little bit on that word because I was like, okay, yeah, refresh my memory why this isn't a bad thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it's a comparison word. It's almost like loves more than or doesn't, doesn't love more than, right? It's a comparison thing. It's like he who uh, comes to me and does not hate his father or love less his father and mother <laughs> you know it's it's where you put that person in in relationship to to jesus right so in that sense it's not a bad thing we're yeah. not saying go out and hate everyone see i told you i could hate my dad no it's not, <laughs> that's not the topic for tonight um and tonight you know when we're talking about counting the cost we're talking about um it's gonna be we're gonna be talking about servanthood and what does it mean to be a disciple of christ you know you know, it's interesting. These great multitudes went with him. You know, these are these people that were just... Jesus was like the traction at the time. Like, he was doing miracles, and he had a lot of great stuff to say, and people were, like, just following him around to see what he was going to do next. Ooh, what was he going to do? <laughs> and, um, you know, here's the great multitudes following around. I wonder if Jesus was just like, these people are following me, and they're looking for something. Maybe they don't really understand what it means to be a disciple. <laughs> you know? Let's talk to them about it. Yeah. Um... He kind of said, "Look, if you don't hate your mom, mom more than me, what? You know, I love my mom, I love my dad, my family. You know, it's like a w- wake-up call." Yeah. Thanks for listening to our friends Brent and Jeff on the Ultra Life. They rock. That was overhead by Hyperstatic Union, and I'm sure when Jesus said this, everybody's like, "Wow, that's over my head." <laughs> and uh, you're like, "What? Hate? 
I think the people, the part that people don't focus on is the end when he says, yes, and even his own life. And you think about it, like how many times does Jesus say, you know, you need to lose your life for my sake. Or, you know, don't count your life as as worth anything. Because ultimately what matters is what you do with me. And it's the paradox of Christ, you know, where it's like if you're if you're rich, you should become poor. If you're exalted, you should be humble. If you're loving your family more than you love me, you should flip that flip that around. You know what I mean? It's it, it's all about the perspective and the priority more than like hate your mom. <laughs> you know what I mean? So uh, Brent Brent hit it on the head. You know, there's ob- there's ob- obviously examples in the Old Testament where it says like Jacob. what does it say Isaac loved Jacob and or loved Esau and hated Jacob or whatever you know it uses that terminology and it's just like it's talking about as Brent said their place in line it had hate you know the way we use it I don't think it's it's quite the same meaning that they have intended here the way it's translated and stuff so um, but not to take away at all is that we are to forsake everything if it means our relationship with Jesus and the problem is is that we don't because that seems too hard but we don't think about that before we make the commitment to Christ. And that's what tonight's episode's about. I'm just continuing to think about the scene here. Because the scene's really kind of interesting, you know. Great, I mean, verse 25 says, Great multitudes went with them. You know, in today's life, in today's society, you know, we've got a great multitude of people. Then you ask them, are you Christians? Yes. Are you disciples of Christ? Yes. We follow him. We're following him. We're walking, we're following him. You know, I think Jesus is talking to us. He's talking to the great multitudes that are following him. You know, he turns around and he says, look, this is, it's more, it's more than just, you know, saying I'm a Christian. It's just more than just going to a church, It's more than just, you know, following me around, <laughs> you know, that's important. We should be following Christ. But he goes into verse 27. He says, whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. You know, you just don't follow me around blindly. I'm not asking for people who are lemmings that just kind of follow and not think and not process this and not make a decision and a conscious effort to do something. I mean, he's asking asking people to bear, does not bear his cross, to, to actually put themselves on a cross, you know, put themselves, call themselves as a criminal and, um, you know, I'm looking actually at your shirt, Jeff, and there's a guy carrying a cross, yeah. which is pretty cool. Uh, like, whoa. <laughs> Not intentional. Jeff was prepared tonight, man. <laughs> wow. His apparel said so. Um, and <laughs> and come after me, right? Cannot be my disciple. You know, we were like, well, I want to be a disciple of Christ. You know, these disciples, you know, looking at their lives and where they ended up, you know, they all ended up being persecuted. <laughs> um, and they all ended up dying for the sake of Christ which is just ridiculous to think about that you know like the world just killed them for, for Christ and that's you know that's what he's saying you know you need to give up your own life to the extent that you're willing to lay it down for Christ and I wonder you know gun to your head today and you were asked do you follow Christ you know would that be a hard decision to make um, yeah of course it'd be a hard decision to make there's a cost to that losing my life there's a cost um, is it worth it? Is it worth it to you tonight? I mean, that's kind of what Jesus is kind of saying here. Um, and he goes on, and we're going to go on. But just jumping off, thinking about these multitudes following him. Jesus is sifting the multitude. You know, you guys are following me, but do you know, really know what it means to follow me? I'll tell you. 
And um, when we read these stories, we talked about this previously in our parable series, you know, where these things are broken up in our Bibles because it's like a new idea. But if you look at what we talked about before, it's actually one of the episodes from our parable series, The Great Banquet. And uh, what happens? He, he invites all these people to, to partake with him, basically to, you know, come to his house. And the excuses come out. I've bought a piece of ground. I've married a wife. And then a couple verses down, he says, if you don't hate your wife, then you can't be my disciple. You know, it, it, it ties together. There's there's context there. It's not like he just like out of nowhere was like, hey, you guys hungry? Yeah, let's eat. By the way, hate your wife and your children. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like everything Jesus said had a purpose. And I feel like it. Everything runs together and it ties in, and then he begins to he continues on, and he says, "For which of you, intending to build a tower, does not sit down first and count the cost, whether he has enough to finish it?" Being a follower of Christ is not something to be taken lightly. Lightly, and that's what he's talking about here. There, there are so many people that are willing to grab on. You know, we look at the parable of the sower. You grab onto the word with joy. Yeah, this is great, and then things get tough. And they wither away because they didn't count the cost of what it meant to follow Christ. And um, for which of you, intending to build a tower, does not sit down first and count the cost, whether he has enough to finish it? Lest after he has laid the foundation, after he starts, and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king, going to make war against another king, does not sit down first, consider whether he is able with 10,000 to meet 20,000. Or else, while the other is still a great way off, he sends a delegation and asks for peace. I don't want to fight you. I don't have enough people. <laughs> so likewise, whoever of you does not forsake all that he has cannot be my disciple. The, par- the parallel here is he's talking about a guy who's not looking at the end before he starts. You know, and real and coming to terms with, are you okay with the end? Hmm. Um, you know, it's interesting that and he's, and he's looking at even the war example, like, are you willing to fight <laughs> or you want to get out of it because you know that you're not going to be able to win? And um, look, none of us in our flesh are there. I mean, none of us are able to, to actually get to the end on our own, in our own flesh, in our own strength. You know, we totally need Jesus to help us through this. Um, but as we make that commitment, as we make that decision to follow Christ, you know, um, you know, and I don't know, we've all gotten saved in different ways at different times in our life. And of course, as we grow in Christ, we kind of come to more of a reality of what that means for our own lives. Um, but is it, isn't it helpful to look at and to take inventory and say, okay, in this situation in my life, in this place where I am, I'm, I'm choosing to be your disciple, God. And to say, well, what does that mean? You know, count the cost, you know. Are you okay if it, if it means that you're not going to live in the best house? Is it okay if you're not going to be the coolest person on, on your street? <laughs> Are you okay with being the weirdo that doesn't do what everyone else is doing because you have a standard that's holiness? You know, are... Are you okay with not dating that girl or that guy because you don't want to do the things that's inappropriate before marriage? Like, are you okay with with that? And, you know, coming to terms with the cost. The, and it's an earthly cost. But the reward that you get in, the, in heaven at the end is something to is something to, to spend all this earthly money for, you know. It's like, man, there's nothing here that's va- valuable enough to, to squander that reward. Yeah, and... To be honest, how much have we up to this point in our lives? How much have we lost? 
for following Christ. Really? You know, we, we haven't committed to Christ enough to have lost, I think, in a lot of cases. I know for myself included, you know, you read these things and you're like, wow, like, I don't know if I, I'm willing to lose that. Well, it's obvious that you're not because you haven't committed to Christ in a, in a manner that would cause you to lose that. And I just think Paul says in Philippians 3, what things were gained to me, these I have counted loss for Christ. Yet indeed, I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Jesus Christ, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish that I might gain Christ. What a profound verse. And, uh, you know, <laughs> Peter talks about, it, he's like, you know, it's okay to get to suffer for God's glory. It's the problem is when you're suffering for doing for not doing God's glory. You know what I mean? Like, I, that's a, para- a strong, strong paraphrase. It's not even like message worthy. But uh, when he says, you know, you'd rather if you're going to be persecuted, be persecuted for doing good, not for doing right. bad. And uh, it's the same thing here. Like this guy gets mocked, and he's like, ah, you didn't even finish what you started. Wouldn't you rather them be like? making fun of you because you know like noah you built the ark because god told you to do it everybody's mocking you but hey you built the ark and you survived this guy has to build a tower he doesn't count the cost first he gets mocked you know there's there's the the contrast there and um you know paul as i was saying earlier in philippians he says that i've counted the loss of all things so that he could gain christ how many of us have thought about that we read it and we think it's really cool and we put it on our mirror in the bathroom so that we remind ourselves that of that but to really think like i want christ so bad that i'm willing to lose all you're unbelievable the altar this is unbelievable i cannot believe this this is unbelievable this is unbelievable that was house of heroes burn me down a great song and it's time for our unbelievable segment and in honor of our episode counting the cost and the king and the man who are going to build and go to war and they don't finish unfinished business basically we kind of hit it at this last week as well in our unbelievable when we talked about the storage and people hanging on to things so that they could eventually get to them and then there's the time when you just never get to it you right. start something and you never finish it and we can all say that we're guilty of that i know i am yeah totally and actually I, my wife probably won't mind this well she probably will but i'm gonna say it anyway uh has the art of doing everything except for the last step and going oh i don't want to finish like almost like a fear of finishing like i'll do everything but the last very step like just do it just finish it <laughs> drives me nuts um you but, walk into people's houses and there's like sanded and it's like it's been spackled and sanded and it's that way for like weeks and months like, just throw paint. a cone of paint on that. Like, seriously. It's not that... I mean, I grew up in a house that was like that, and, you know, my mom will be upset that I'm talking about it, but, like, just unfinished everything. And then, like, when she finally sold the house, like, she painted it, and she's like, I can't believe it was that easy. Why didn't I do this for the right. 10 years that it was undone? It's amazing how many projects we have un... You know, when I was a kid, I used to do models. I don't know yeah. if any kids do that anymore, <laughs> but put stuff together. No, they let their computers do it for them. <laughs> exactly. So I would have, like half done like model cars like you know i just need to paint it and put the decals on but yeah. it's just sitting there the decals know? are just like strewn about your room <laughs> they're like stuck to your dresser you're like why does this have why does this have a number 17 like an eraser stripe stuck on my sock drawer it's like oh sorry I, somebody got into my decals <laughs> <laughs> no but yeah you always have those it's either Unfinished like thing. oh like i'm gonna build my own this you know, I got this kit. It's really cool. I got it for Christmas. And you'd like build your own, I don't know, 
Anything. Ant farm. Anything (laughs) do-it-yourself. You know what do-it-yourself means in my house? It doesn't get done. (laughs) Basically. Well, in regards to me, my wife is amazing. Do-it-yourself later. (laughs) (laughs) Do-it-yourself when there's absolutely nothing else that can distract you, which is never. I can always find something else to do. Because there's always to not something more important. Thing. There's a, there's a schedule. Yeah. You know, you have you have meetings, you have events, you have things you do. <laughs> you know, you're not putting on your schedule. Close that project out. Yeah. You know, you're just not doing it. You know, reorganize sock drawer. It's just not on the. It's not on the the daily uh, schedule. One day, I think I'm going to get to uh, making that happen. Yeah. But right now, I got I got the Phillies game to watch. <laughs> Priority. I really right? want to make this mixtape. And no, <laughs> and sometimes money is the factor. It's like I want to do it all, and then I just ran out of cash. That's so true. You, there's a lot of people that have started things, and they do run out of money, and that's the reason. And then they feel count, really bad. Count the cost. That's right. And we're off and running an hour two, and uh, we're just very thankful for you tuning in and sticking around with us, everybody that's listening uh, across the country and across the world. We'd like to thank the radio stations that are playing our show: Truth yes. FM, KITG. Uh, WTWT and of course Hope FM Radio Network we love it and we hope you continue to play us and don't forget to check out our website www.thealterlife.com A-L-T-A-R-L-I-F-E and uh, you can check out our most recent episodes we've got a couple of the Parable series still up there for you to enjoy and um, we got lots more music for you coming your way but tonight's episode counting the cost we're talking about the cost of discipleship true discipleship to christ we left off in verse 29 verse 30 around that place where the king needs to go fight a war and he needs to plan it out and um it says whoever of you does not forsake all that he has cannot be my disciple that's harsh but are we willing to do it i don't know do you want to be god's disciple that much it's something to ask yourself i know yeah, and it kind of goes back to some of what we were talking about last week and, you know, where you put your treasure, too. Because, um, you know, what do you what do you deem as worth something? You know, cost means you're, you're going to pay something that's worth something, right? So um, what are you valuing? What are you treasuring? What, what are you willing to give up and spend, you know? Um, you know, if the things of this world weren't of va- much value to you, it'd be a lot easier to give them up, wouldn't it be? <laughs> interesting way to think about it. And um, it's interesting where he Jesus goes right after this. You know, I was just kind of reading on to the end of the chapter. He says, salt is good, but if the salt has lost its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? Um, it is neither fit for the land nor dunghill. So, you know, it's kind of like it's not worth anything. Salt, it's like this parable like, you know, discipleship. You know, when we're talking about discipleship and how you know, before you make that choice to be a disciple, it's counting the cost. It's looking to see how much is that house going to spend, how, so I, you know, so I can save up and or before I start, I'll know I'll be able to finish. Or the war, right? It's that planning ahead, it's like looking forward, and it's being in it for the long haul. You know, and Jesus is saying here at the end, I, I believe he's kind of getting to the point where, you know, if you're not willing to forsake all, you can't be my disciple. And you know what? If you start. And then you give up because you really don't want to spend that much for me, and you kind of give up and go your, go on to your earthly selfishness and all that stuff. How? What kind of what kind of witness are you? <laughs> what kind of effectiveness are you going to be for the kingdom? You know, Jesus, Jesus is kind of saying you're kind of like salt that has no worth. You're just you're not you're not sharing the gospel. You're not effective. You're not. Think about this though. 
You know, if you're if you're actually counting the cost and saying, you know what, I'm going to lay my life down for Christ. I'm willing to do that, and I'm going to, and of course, and I need Jesus' help, but I'm going to yeah. I'm going to make that commitment, and I'm going to do that for Christ. And then when people look at your life and they go, why are you not following? Why are you not spending the money on this stuff that we are? Why aren't you, um, you know, why aren't you just doing the thing that we're doing? You know, because you're counting the cost because you, you're you're choosing to walk towards Christ. And they see that as like, wow, you're like giving all that up for God? Like, you're giving up all the stuff I have for Christ? You're doing that? Doesn't make any sense. That thing you're worshiping, Jesus must really be worth a lot. Huh? Mm. It's almost like it goes such a long way in being effective for the kingdom if you're choosing and living out loud that <clears throat> that choice to count the cost, make that decision, be a disciple of Christ. The world's going to look at that and go, yeah, I want to be just like... Either they're going to want to say, I want to be just like that, or they're going to love their stuff so much that they're going to be like, you're crazy. <laughs> I mean, you're crazy for doing that because, you know, look at where I'm at. And this is like living, right? I'm eating, drinking, and being merry. Like, I'm I'm living it up. And, um, I mean, how effective can we be as, as Christians? You know, we say we want to be effective lights in the kingdom. You know, we want to share Jesus. And we pray for those opportunities to talk. Right? Is it more than just talking? Isn't it actually living to the point where I don't? I can do it without words, right? Because of what I've chosen, because I've counted the cost and laid my life down for Him. The Ultra Life with Brent and Jeff. That was Good Life by Audio Adrenaline. Two great songs. This is everything. Giving it over to God and living the good life. I've lost everything I could ever need, and I've found everything here in Your arms. Great song, and uh, that's what we're talking about tonight. Counting the cost. It's, true discipleship requires the loss of all things. You know, it might not be an immediate thing where it's like, okay, I'm now homeless and I, I believe in God. But you need to be okay with that happening. <laughs> you know, it sounds sounds crazy. And, you know, very few of us have ever had to really lose anything. Maybe we lost out on, like, fun because all our friends went to, like, this R-rated movie and we're like, you know what, I really should, I don't think I should do that. And then you're like, oh, man, I'm missing out. I'm losing everything for Christ, you know, like we, we over dramatize in our own American Christianity. But if you think about it, you know, I I look at these other religions and how dedicated these people are to like spreading their message. Our message is the true one. And we're like, eh, I don't know if I'm willing to go door to door or what, you know, it's a challenge. (laughs) I get convicted a lot. You know, it's interesting because we get caught in this trap of, well, if I give everything to Christ, then I'm going to live in a shoebox and I'm going to, life's always going to be hard and, uh, you know, I'm never going to drive a th- nice car and, you know, man, Christ is just a downer. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's hard. You know what? That might be what God calls you to. And you should be okay with that. What's awesome about Christ and what, what's awesome about God though is he loves us. He loves his kids. You know, there's examples where, you know, of people who loved Christ that had lots of stuff. I mean, they were rich. God gave them lots of blessings and lots of stuff, you know. And it's interesting. Be- now, it's not a promise. It's not like that equals equal- happiness, you yeah. know. Job learned that lesson, right? Got everything taken away from him and, you know, had to get to bound down to what he really believed. But, you know, when you look at it and you're like, don't have that defeatist attitude because God loves you, you know. It's almost like the fear of giving it all because I know he's going to send me to Africa. It's like, no. I mean, if he doesn't 
He's going to give you the desire. When your heart starts to change and you start really putting God's perspective, he's going to start giving you the desires of what he wants for you. Mm. You know, it's he's not going to shortchange you. Yeah. I mean, he's never going to do it. You know, he's going to give you exactly what he has for you. And if that's a mansion in Beverly Hills, that's a mansion in Beverly Hills. You know, if that's a three-bedroom, two-bath, or a 90-foot apartment in New York City, yeah. <laughs> I mean, whatever. He's got that for you. That That's what he has for you. And, you know, and you know that's okay because I treasure Jesus more than any of that stuff anyway, you yeah. know. And then when we are blessed with lots of things, how easy for us to give it up, you know. You know what, I have I have stuff, but you have it because, you know, God gave it to me anyway. Yeah. And I honestly believe the more we give, um, the more he's going to give us. And I'm not saying that we should give a million dollars to your church so that you can get 10 million back. Yeah. <laughs> that's, not, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying the more we give to him, the more he's going to give us. And whether that be amazing opportunities to share Christ, whether that be house or a nice car, whatever it is, he's going to give us those things and he's not going to look back. And we're getting ready to wrap up for the night. You know, when we bring it down and it's applicable, Brent was talking about how, and it's a common thing, common attitude that people have. Well, if I give everything to God, then he's going to make me do something that I hate. How do we know that our heart isn't destined? And, you know, Brent gave the example of like Africa or whatever. Like, how do we know that like we don't have this unbelievable longing for Africa and a mission there, but we just have this thing blocking it? Right. You know what I mean? Like God could be like, here, I'm going to take this away. And then it's like God takes the blinders off. And all of a sudden it's like that distraction is out of the way. And it's like, oh my gosh, I have this unbelievable desire to go to Africa. You know what I mean? Like, we think of it like, oh, this terrible thing. But like Brent said, when we, if we truly surrender to God, then all those thoughts of ours of that, oh, it's going to be so terrible. If we're truly committing ourselves to God the way he asks us to, those thoughts aren't going to be there. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. if we're forsaking all, we're obeying. And to obey, it means there's a love there. And to have a love there, it means that we trust that what God's going to do for us is right. Yep. And ultimately for our good. So all those thoughts of, oh, this is going to be terrible. They should be gone by then. You know what I mean? We already counted the cost if we're going to make this step. It's about getting those thoughts out. Yep. You know, and, and confessing those thoughts to God because he knows. God, I don't want to do... The reason I'm not doing this is because I'm hindered because I think that it's not going to work out. And he's going to say, I understand hate your family follow me <laughs> and the word says when we seek God then he'll give us the desires of our heart yep. and until next week be cool cats live for Christ <laughs> <laughs>